1: for free and every order for a year. Plus get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm and use code etm to choose your free offer and get $20 off. How do I prioritize my money goals when I want to save for something really big? On this episode of Shauna Shares Community Q&A. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Welcome back to the show. So every Sunday, I'm going to be answering your questions in these special Shauna Shares community Q&A episodes. Sometimes I'll tackle a single question, and sometimes it might be multiple questions. So just keep tuning in. Today's community cue comes from Robbie. And Robbie says, hey there, Shauna. Thanks so much for taking the time to answer my question and for all the great money content. I'm seriously learning so much. I wish I would have had this podcast when I was in college. I'm in my mid-30s now, and I just feel like I'm playing catch-up all the time. I make good money between my partner and me around $300,000 a year. We live in Chicago, but it can be really expensive. We've got some goals we're trying to save for a wedding, a home purchase, and a big honeymoon trip. The problem is we just save money, and then we tend to blow it on things that aren't important, Or need it for emergencies or just dumb stuff? Can you really, really please help us figure out how to prioritize our money goals, seeing as we want to save for big stuff? I feel like I could use a little of your tough love to get us on the right track. Every article I read just says spend less, but that really isn't that helpful. Thanks again. I hope you never stop this podcast because I would be so lost money-wise. Robbie, first off, thanks so much. Thanks for being a listener. And uh, I guarantee you you won't be lost money-wise, I promise you that, but I have no intention of stopping the podcast anytime soon. So it looks like we're just going to be in this relationship. (laughs) You got a lot going on. Wow, those are some really big goals. Like those are three of the biggest, right? Getting married, buying a house, and then a big honeymoon trip. And I think what's great is that This is what happens to most of us, is that we save money and then somehow we either end up having to dip into our savings or, I don't know, the money just somehow evaporates. That is kind of human nature when it comes to money. And I think, I don't want to get too far down this, but I think a lot of it is because we live in a very scarcity-driven society. So I feel like society is always telling us we're not going to have enough money and we're never going to save enough money. And so there's something that happens in our mindset where sometimes we're just like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to spend money. And then we come back and we're like, wait a minute, but there are actually these goals that I really want to achieve and I don't quite know how to balance that all out. So long story short, I'm just trying to tell you, you are perfectly fine. You're more than perfectly fine. You're in the same boat as all the rest of us. (laughs) Now, with that said, you do have some big goals and big things take time. So the win is really in tracking towards your goal each and every month, right? And staying committed to that. And sometimes, like I said, you're going to have to pull money out of your savings for emergencies or whatever it might be. Something comes up. But the win is really breaking those big goals down into small bits so you can actually feel like you are progressing towards them. So to be honest, in all fair, all the articles that you're reading, there are only two ways to bear any money situation, right? They are to spend less or earn more. We know this. That is money at its very simplest. But that doesn't really help you figure out how to do that. And I think that's kind of the crux of all of these articles is, particularly when it comes to money, there's so much advice out there. And I find that a lot of the stuff says the same things. And sure, we repeat a lot of the same things on this show. But what I really try to do is give you something actionable to pair with it. Because I know it's just not enough to say, well, you just need to spend less. Okay, but how do I do that? And how do I actually achieve these big goals? So I think what's great about your question, Robbie, is yeah, you and your partner, you make a really good income. You make $300,000 a year. Yeah, you live in a big city and it is definitely more expensive. What you're showing is that regardless almost of the income you make, it still is hard sometimes to achieve these goals because life is just really expensive. And that living paycheck to paycheck, that's something that a lot of us, almost all of us do to some extent, whether we want to admit it or not. There just isn't always enough money to go around. So let's tackle the spend last part first. So my first question to you is, do you actually track your cash each month? And I don't mean just create a budget where you put a bunch of numbers on a sheet of paper and you look at it the beginning of the month and then you look at it at the end of the month and maybe it works out or maybe it doesn't. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean really seeing where your money is going, where every penny that's coming out of your bank account, where that is being spent, because that is really eye opening. And by doing that, you can spot places you want to change and then you can reroute that savings. So. For example, let's say that we all overspend on eating out. (laughs) It's just something that we like to do. And let's say that, I'm just picking numbers here. Let's say that you said, okay, I only want to spend $250 a month eating out. Well, when you get to the end of the month, if you're looking at your numbers and you realize, ah, we really spent $650 eating out this month, or that is maybe our average, we're going over about $400 every month. Well, that's a large chunk of change that we could direct towards another spending goal that we have. Now, when you're tracking your cash, it's not there for you to say, oh, I just need to eliminate eating out altogether. That doesn't work. We know that doesn't work. It It's just, it doesn't work with anything. The cold turkey approach doesn't work. So the better thing to do is say, okay, Maybe 250 is a little unrealistic. Maybe we're really going to spend more like 350 or 400 a month. I don't know. Again, I'm just making up these numbers, but you have that decision point to make because you're actually looking at what's happening in your bank account. So it's putting you back in control of your money. It's helping you be really intentional with your money. So the easy way to do this is with an app. Uh, there are so many different apps out there. Mint. Uh, you need a budget, uh, monarch, you can even a lot of the bank accounts will auto categorize every expense that you have. There are so many different ways to do this. You can even just simply download your bank statement, get some highlighters, and kind of go to town really categorizing all your expenses. But by doing this, you really have the truth in front of you of where you're spending your money. And then you've got two choices. The first choice is, yeah, I'm okay with how much I'm spending on whatever that might be. Okay, cool. Or the second choice is, "Eh, I don't know. Maybe I want to try and spend a little less and I want to take that extra money that I had been spending over the last few months and route it towards one of my goals. So you have a decision point. It puts you back in the driver's seat, which is really where you should be when it comes to your money. So I like to make a spending priority list, right, where I'm talking about the when, the how much, and in what order of importance. So for you, I would put down all of your big goals or even your small goals as well. It doesn't matter what size of the goal is. And what you're really looking at is, okay, what is my goal? How much is that goal going to cost me? And then how many months or years do i have until i want to reach that goal so what you're doing is you're backing into it so if i wanted to save 1200 dollars this year very easy round numbers i would need to save 100 dollars each month right so i'm tracking towards that each and every month i can see the progress happening versus waiting till i get to like november and then freaking out because I haven't saved any money. So that's just a place I don't really want to to have you go. I hope that makes sense. So you can take a small goal and break it down like that. You could take a very large goal, like saving for a house down payment or a wedding and break it down that way. Break it down into monthly savings or even weekly savings. So then when you're looking at your numbers, you're like, oh, okay, I can spot like an extra $50 here that maybe we're spending on something that, Ah, uh, maybe that should go to the house money fund, so you just redirect the money. You also mentioned dipping into your savings again, we all do this. I call it the dip and save method, so you're not actually saving money. It's just kind of for appearances, right? You're moving it from one location to another location and then kind of moving it backwards. It's okay. there's nothing wrong with that, but This is one of the reasons why if you don't have an emergency fund with three to six months of your fixed expenses saved, take that as a priority almost, eh, I mean, this is going to be tough. This is really when it comes down to priority, but at least have a couple of months saved before you start saving for these other big goals, because then if some emergency does come up, you don't have to dip into your goal savings, right? You have this emergency fund there. So that's really what it's there for. And I think it's also okay, this is my personal opinion, and we're all going to feel very different about this. So you might have a totally different opinion, but it's okay to put the pause button on retirement contributions. So if you're in a 401k, you work for a company of a 401k, yes, you could lose out on the company match plus any gains for a specific period of time. So I don't normally suggest that you do this for more than a year, but if the difference between you being able to fund one of those goals is to back off maybe even 50% of your 401k contributions, I don't know, maybe it's something to think about. Again, I wouldn't do it for a long term because you're going to lose all of that potential gain, but it's, it's something that is there for you if you want to utilize it, right? There are a million other tricks to save more money, but the the real importance first is just to know where your money's going and not, not say like, well, yeah, of course I know where my money's going. Nah, it's easy to say that. To actually look at where your money's going, that is really where I think the power of money starts happening, where you can see where your money's going. You're able to make very conscious, very intentional shifts and you're able to free up money. So I tell everybody that I guarantee you I can find money in your bank account even if you feel like there's absolutely no way. There's always, always, always something that is tugging at your bank account that we could maybe switch up just a little bit I've shared tons of tricks about uh, negotiating your cell phone bill, your credit card interest rate, your internet bill, all those sort of things. And I know it feels like it's a little extra work. Totally, totally get it. Those things do take a little bit of time. But the way I see it is any extra money is just extra money that you can start putting towards these goals. But once you have the real intention behind, I know how much this is going to cost. I know how much that is going to cost. I know when I want to hit that goal. And then I also have a plan for how I'm going to back into the savings, right? I hope that makes sense. So that's really where the power and I think like the activation of goals really starts to happen. Listen, if you've been using Mint to manage your money, I have got some news for you. First, the bad news. As you might know, Mint is shutting down for good. But the good news? Well, there is a way better alternative that is a personal favorite of mine, Monarch Money. And I'm not the only lover of Monarch Money. Many Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and just raving about it. I used to manage my money with an Excel spreadsheet. I know, so archaic. And it was so time-consuming. I tried all of the apps. I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at NerdWallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Financial anxiety, anyone? Yeah, you're not alone. But worrying about it, it doesn't help. EarnIn does. EarnIn is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 per day as you work and leave an additional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So, how would you spend the money you get from EarnIn? Well, Honestly, my hubby and I have been feeling a little bit disconnected lately. That's what happens after you've been together about 12 years. So I would spend the money on a special date night with dinner and maybe bowling, you know, to bring back some of that giggly excitement that we both felt at the beginning. Make earn a part of your financial routine and join earn over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earn I think about financial stability, security gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download earnin Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' T-A-L-K-A-N, money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' money under podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See earnincom slash T-O-S for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right, daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. Okay, now on to the earning more piece. I know your time is limited. My time is also very limited. But maybe there are some ways you could earn some extra cash that you could put towards your goals. I don't know, just food for thought. We've had guests on the show like Terry Igioma from Trade and Travel who talked about investing to earn enough to pay off your debt. I think it's a really interesting concept, but you could also flip it in turn investing to pay for your big goals. Now, I know there is a lot of risk when it comes to investing, and not everyone wins at this, but if you have a really good teacher who teaches you how to do it and how to do it even when the market is falling apart, that is a really good uh, skill to have for sure. So let's talk about your wedding. This may be really unpopular, but I always ask myself the question of what is needed and what isn't needed, especially when it comes to a really big or expensive money goal. So thinking about what means the most to you and your partner, and then what is maybe just extra stuff that you're adding on top. Maybe you don't even really care about it. I know when Jeff and I got married, we lived in a condo complex, and we actually got married in the courtyard of the condo complex. Now, it was very beautiful. It overlooked the water in Long Beach, and it was a great setting. But we did some interesting things. Like one of our friends was a chef loved to cook and so he offered to cater all of our appetizers we we of course paid him for it but it was a fraction of the price that we would have paid at you know some big hotel venue we also got um this was really cool we also got a pizza truck that a, like a wood fire pizza truck that came and parked outside and they served wood fire pizzas and it was actually very, very affordable. And all of the guests were like, this is really cool. I didn't know you could do this. So little things like that. Uh we also didn't really care about having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures. Sometimes there can be a lot of pictures and that can get really expensive. We just wanted to really slim things down. We got the pictures that we needed and then we had all of our guests take pictures on their phone and upload them to an app so we could get all of their pictures as well. So long story short, it just ended up saving us a ton of money. So there are always ways to cut costs, but I don't want you to cut costs on things that really matter to you, but thinking about the stuff that maybe doesn't matter. I think especially when it comes to weddings, sometimes we feel like we have to spend money on all this stuff, but really it's like Five or six hours of your life, and the rest of your life that 's the marriage <laughs> that's where you're going to want the money to do all of the cool stuff, all right so have your own priorities, but you know also think about are there places we could scale back and put those extra funds maybe into buying a house or even a honeymoon, which is an experience, so a house is going to be an asset, honeymoon's going to be an experience. I don't know. It, it, this kind of comes down to priorities, and or maybe your family wants to chip in for the wedding. Well, maybe you could use half the money for your wedding and half the money for the down payment of your house. Just some things to think about, right? There are always lots of possibilities. Now, for your honeymoon, be creative. Be very creative. You can be very, very creative these days. I mean, could your guests prepay even portions of your honeymoon as a wedding gift? So rather than giving you plates and a toaster and all of that stuff, maybe you already have that. Maybe you and your partner already have a bunch of stuff. Maybe they could prepay portions of your honeymoon and that would be an amazing wedding gift. I think so. It's kind of like getting your, having your cake and eating it too. That's the right saying. <laughs> even credit card points. They carry a lot of weight. So before my honeymoon, we racked up a ton of points. We would use our credit card to cover our monthly expenses, and then we would pay that off every month. So we used the credit card like a debit card, where whatever we could charge, groceries, gas, eating out, you know, just household expenses, we paid off at the end of the month. So we never had to worry about interest. But we were racking up a lot of points. So we did this for about a year. We had enough points to cover two uh, flights. We went to Paris to cover two flights and to cover a couple of nights at a hotel. So it was all money we were already spending on stuff, our household stuff throughout the year. But in exchange of using a credit card, we were able to take those points and actually like turn them into cash. So yes, you have to be good with credit cards a hundred percent, a hundred million percent. But in my book, again, if you're going to be spending money every month to live, why not get the points that you could use towards hotels, airlines, restaurants, experiences, you name it. Just some things to think about. All right, Robbie, for the house, that's just potentially, depending on where you're going to live, if you're, if you're staying in Chicago, your down payment could be Fairly sizable, and I don't know from your question, don't have any idea of how much you've already saved. I don't know if relatives are going to be chipping in. I have no idea about the particulars. Maybe you could delay it a bit after your wedding just to recover financially. Just a question. Sometimes we stack these big goals up, like one after the next, after the next, and we get through the one. And then we're a little worn out. <laughs> and then we move on to the next, we're definitely worn out. And by the time we get to the third, we're either cursing at our money or we're just pissed off or we're anxious or we're stressed out. So why not separate them just a little bit? If you can, if that makes sense, just so you can recover a little bit. I understand that rent, is, rent really has a bad rap, but it's not always the enemy. I think especially if you're using that money to save more cash towards a big money goal. So yes, your mortgage might be deductible. I fully understand that. However, all the other housing expenses, who knows what's going to happen? The plumbing goes out or the dishwasher breaks down. So if you're renting, you don't have any of those extra costs. So even if you say, okay, we're going to rent for a year or two after our wedding, but we're going to do that purposely to save all the cash we can so that we have that money to buy the house we want to buy. There are a couple other ways to slice this. Sometimes people actually buy a house, a rental house in an area that they don't live or an area that is more affordable and rent that out and then take equity out of that house to buy their dream house combined with their Savings, any savings you were able to save for your mortgage. I mean, there are so many different ways to do this, but I just want to make sure that you give yourself some time to recover and breathe because these are big goals and they can be a little bit stressful. So think about things like looking at low down payment options. We typically always think that you need 20% down, and I understand 20% down is absolutely the magic number where you don't have private mortgage insurance. Yep, yep, 100%. But maybe it might make sense to put a smaller down payment down to have more cash available. Either you need to fix up the house or you just want to have that nice safety pad. Another thing to think about. And we have had so many guests on the pod lately talking about lower-priced first homes, how to fix up your first home, then how to sell it maybe after a couple years for a profit, to buy your dream house or rent out a room to pay for a portion of your mortgage. So go back in the library of episodes, there are so many different episodes on how to do this buying home thing in a more cost-effective way. And there are so many ways to slice real estate and and building wealth. So this was a great question, Robbie. I'm so glad that you sent it in because I know myself that sometimes I've had some really big money goals and it feels like I'm just never making any progress towards them. And I think the biggest takeaway is just to remember, you've got to know where your money is going. That is the secret unlock key to everything else. Because once you know where your money's going, that puts you in the driver's seat. And then you get to make conscious decisions about, Am I okay spending my money on this? Or am I okay spending this much money on this? Or do I maybe want to try it a different way? Do I maybe want to reduce it? You just have a ton of options. But when you're not looking at your money and money is just kind of flowing in and flowing out, you can't make any of those on-the-fly changes. And so it's really hard to change your, your habits and your behaviors. If you're somebody who loves to eat out and your thought is, if I don't have Uber Eats six nights a week, then I'm not going to be a happy person. Okay, great. Know that ahead of time, right? Is there some way to work around your money so that you can figure out how you can still track towards your goals? So thank you so much for sending in the question, Robbie. Do me a favor if you enjoyed this episode, share it. Let this episode open up a conversation with someone in your life. The more you can talk about money, the more you can change the narrative of money from being scary and stressful to simply being a tool to help you live the life you want to live. And if you have a question that you want me to answer and Shauna shares, head right over to the link in the show notes. You can put in your question. You can even put in that you want to remain anonymous because I would love to answer your question and we can all learn from these questions. So thanks so much for being here. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode.
0: That's 20% off at grimly.com slash podcast.